0: Show. Edge of Your Seat Podcast Episode 293 started Thursday, September 7th at 9 o'clock at night after got done refereeing some volleyball games. Ended up having some headaches, then got into busy work schedule, meetings, things like that. So it was put together, written, recorded from Thursday, September 7th at 9pm to Right now at 3.59, September 8th of Friday, as we're getting ready for Football Friday, high school style, as I will be at Hall High School in Spring Valley for Borough Valley. The Storm taking on the Hall Putnam County Red Devils in Three Rivers Conference Action Week 3 style. I'm the Wolf, 96.5, myself, play-by-play, and a color commentator, Justin Baroski. So, there's so much to get into, let's jump right in. First of all, I said me a few times, I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. Don't know where you're listening to Edge of Your Seat Podcast, but you can find every single episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website, www.rss.com, backslash It is plural, with an S, backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Socials, you know we're there. Facebook, Twitter. Facebook is Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. You can also catch me on my personal socials. Facebook is Brandon LaChance. Looks like L.A. Chance. And Twitter is at LaChance Writer. On all those sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, all of them, please like, follow Five star, a million star, comment, join, all of those cool things that help us move up the ladder, move up the algorithm system and help us do what we're trying to do, and that is put a spotlight, a showcase on everything happening in Northern and Central Illinois. If you have any questions, suggestions, you wanna be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, you like or dislike something I or a guest said, or you'd like to sponsor with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, please send an email to edgeofyourseatpodcast.com. And as always, a shout out to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions, for the creation of the intro and outro beat for Edge of Your Seat Podcast that is brought to you by First State Bank. FSB has 19 locations in northern and central Illinois. Great people, know what they're doing, can help you out in any level of aspects of your finances. Loans, CDs, savings account, checking account, all of those cool things, and way, 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 way more. Reach out to First State Bank and find a local location near you. We have five guests this episode. We'll start with Amboy Lamoille, Ohio football coach, Scott Payne. He talks about the Week 2 80-8 victory over River Ridge. And then the Week 3 matchup against Martinsville, which is actually tomorrow, Saturday, 2 p.m., and they're on the road at Martinsville. Then we have Randy Teeman. We're going to have two chats with Randy Teeman. The first one is after the 46-6 victory against Riverdale in Week 2. It's a short clip. Wasn't a lot to talk about. Good game for The Hall, Putnam County Red Devils. The second part of the interview, they're both going to be combined together. There's not going to be any split, no ads, no nothing in between. The second part is the preview for the game in just three hours, as it's now 4.03. So two hours, 57 minutes against Burrow Valley at home. Then we have Jonathan Cortez. Last year, he was a senior with Mendota, This year, he's a freshman at IVCC, both years, a great soccer player. We talked to him last year, right after the Mendota Boys Soccer Team fell in a sectional final, after last year, they won a sectional final. So, Mendota Boys Soccer Team is doing great things, has been, and Jonathan Cortez has been a huge part of that. And just a hint, you're going to hear it in a lot of the interviews that we're about to talk about. He's got a younger brother, Johan Cortez, who last year as a freshman scored 21 goals. I think Jonathan in the interview with him says 19. Coach Nick Myers later says 21. And this year already, he's averaging like three a game. Insane. Johan Cortez, make sure you're following him. Our fourth guest, second guest with Mendota is Ray Artiaga He is the Mendota soccer assistant We spoke to him a couple weeks after last year's postseason run and about his experience with Mendota soccer and a lot of things outside of just that season. Great guy as well. He's also a basketball coach at Dimmick. I see him year-round at different events as he's a coach and I'm a referee. Great guy. It was awesome to sit down and chat with him. And then finally, Nick Myers. We spoke to him just a couple weeks ago about this season, the 2023 soccer squad representing the Trojans. Right now, I know they're about to start some games, either at four o'clock or 4:30. But going into tonight's matchups, they have nine wins, zero losses, and one tie. They're playing in the 21st annual Body Armor Series tomorrow. Actually, they're playing tomorrow, not on not on Friday, like I. Incorrectly just said. So, Saturday, September 9th, the 21st annual Body Armor Series. They're in a bracket with Geneseo, Quincy Notre Dame, Hananiga, Normal Community, Prairie Ridge, Urbana, and Woodstock. But altogether, there's 87 teams throughout Illinois in this tournament. After two games, the top two teams point wise advance to the championship. September 17th, to play each other for the championship. In their pool play, Mendota will play Geneseo and Hananiga. Pretty impressive. Mendota soccer has been doing great things. I love following the program. Always so much excitement. And these kids just love to play the game. And that's what gets the fans involved and the community involved. The whole community and other communities. If I go to Princeton, if I go to Byron, if I go to Spring Valley, if I go to Ottawa, there are people that are asking me about the Trojan Boys Soccer Team. I'm just saying, they're doing good things. Before we chat with our guests, we'll have a short mix and match and win-lose stat right after these words. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account? pay off a high-interest credit card, or take that vacation you have always wanted, check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but have no worries. You can apply for one of those online, too. Check out FSB's Premier account that pays higher interest, for doing a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quill loan with a new or existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. Mix and match, got a few topics wanna jump into. First, the college football season started last week. I'm trying to dive into college football. Every year at the beginning, I'll watch a couple games. It's cool, it's football, I love football. But just so many teams. The conferences is always realigning. They're always moving. Some of the games that you want to see either don't happen the next year, or they don't mean what they used to mean. And it's just kind of a reoccurring theme. And I feel like this year, after some huge shakeups in the Pac-12, Big 12, the Big Ten, the Big Ten is now like the Big 47, and it's all across the United States, not just the Midwest anymore. And it's just not that interesting. I don't care about an Illinois Fighting Illini game against Rutgers. I'm sorry, I just don't. I don't. I want to see him playing Northwestern, Wisconsin, Indiana, Minnesota. Those are the games that matter. That's the Midwest. That's the Big Ten. So it's hard to get involved or stay into it when it's not like that anymore. Deion Sanders, I love him as a football player. He is one of my top football players. Honestly, I put him in my top three every time when somebody says, hey, who's your all-time football players? Deion Sanders is always up there. So to see him coaching Colorado and doing what he's doing and making some noise, I love it. And it's insane to see Florida just being the, I'm not going to say bottom feeder, Feeder. let me talk, right? Bottom feeder of the SEC, but they're nowhere near where they once were. Nowhere. I'm not saying Utah is a bad team. Utah has got all the hype around them, supposed to be spectacular. But to beat Florida in the way they did, whew, that says more against Florida than I think it does for Utah. But just to try to see if I can stay in it, I did start a ESPN Pick'Em. Hopefully, you know, I can do my thing. NFL started just a couple hours ago when I first started Writing the script, getting everything together. Detroit Lions beat the Kansas City Chiefs 21-20. to It was a great game. The Chiefs started off rocky last season. And everybody thought, oh no, what happened to the mighty Kansas City Chiefs? And then they come and win a Super Bowl. Just saying. So I'm not counting the Chiefs out of nothing. I am counting out Kadarius Tony's hands. Couldn't catch anything. It was his time to shine. He had five targets. Only caught one ball. He had two or three, one of them I knew could have been a touchdown. If he would have caught it and just took off, there was nobody around him. But instead, it pops out of his hands onto the ground, and he looks like a fool. Hopefully, he gets some more opportunities to learn how to catch the ball and can do his thing. not really trying to talk smack, but you are a very, very highly paid wide receiver in the NFL. Please do your job. That's it. That's it. If I... I bumble a story or I bumble a bunch of words in a radio broadcast. Guess what's going to happen to me? I'm not going to get a lot of chances. I'm just saying. You could definitely tell Travis Kelsey was missed. Patrick Mahomes went to 11 different targets. Trying to find something and just couldn't. But we can't sit here and talk about, oh, Kansas City lost. Kansas City lost. Detroit also won. Detroit is for real. Their defense looked awesome. Jared Goff was playing great. Quarterbacking. Man. I don't want to hop on Cinderella magic boats thinking that a team that isn't what they think they are is going to be spectacular. I don't want to do that. However, I don't think that's the case with Detroit. They look like the real deal. Other NFL stuff. I think Zeke Elliott is going to be lousy in New England. The Patriots are just not a running team anyway. I don't think it works for him. I don't think he's going to work with Bill Belichick. I think that's going to be awful. I am glad Jonathan Taylor did not become a Chicago Bear. Yes, I think he's a great player. I just don't think the nucleus of what the Bears have, they got a bunch of younger dudes who trying to figure out everything, a stud who is demanding money, and putting a big price check target on his back, I don't think that's the... Uh, Red flags that the Chicago Bears are looking for. Well, that is an Edge of Your Seat podcast first. As I'm talking, going through the show, somebody randomly walks into my residence looking for somebody else. Interesting. Very interesting here at Edge of Your Seat podcast. Back to the regular schedule programming. Nick Bosa, San Francisco, becomes the highest paid defensive player of all time. Not just the highest defensive player. But the highest paid player that's not a quarterback. The 2019 number two pick signed an extension $170 million for five years, 122.5 of it guaranteed. Then, right after that comes out, Joe Burrow becomes the highest paid player of all time because he is a quarterback. Five years, $275 million. However, the number one pick in the 2020 draft is already a top three to five quarterback in the league. I'm just saying it's probably worth it. Price checks are going up every single year. If they're going to give it to a guy that deserves it. That's all I'm saying. And I'm sure Burrow does. This is kind of old news, but Jim Harbaugh was suspended from Michigan for three games. He's going to be in the NFL I don't see how he isn't. He was very successful, and I think he's just as much of an NFL coach as he is a college coach. He was with San Francisco from 2011 to 14. He took him to a Super Bowl. Some things happen. He leaves, goes to Michigan. He's been there since 2015. I would love to see him back in the NFL. I think that's where he deserves to be, and if this is what has to happen for him to make that move to come back to the NFL, okay, suspend him. Let's move on. The Nebraska volleyball team on August 31st hosted Omaha at the Nebraska football stadium and set a record for women's sports attendance with 92,000 people. That's insane. If you do the math, 92,000 divided by 7,000, the number of people in Mendota, Illinois, That's 13 and a half Mendotas that were there watching volleyball. Very impressive. Good stuff. Man, I really wish that I could have been there. That would have been a great environment. Couple RIPs. Hate this part. It is the most sad part of this podcast. However, it is the most respectful, most honoring section of this podcast as well. First of all, Jimmy Buffett was born December 25th, 1946. Passed away September 1st of 2023 at the age of 76. This dude has a resume of all resumes. He's worth $1 billion. That's his net worth. Of course, Margaritaville. The song, maybe, I think it's an album. Restaurants, bars, great time. Awesome musician. Don't know if you knew that. Hopefully you did. That's how he started. Rock, folk rock, country, Just did a little bit of everything and banked. I remember as a little kid going up and seeing my family in Michigan and all my older cousins rocked out to Jimmy Buffett every day of their lives. He passed away from skin cancer, that dreaded C-word. But Jimmy Buffett, man, rest in peace. RIP Steve Harwell staying in the music industry as the Smash Mouth singer passed away on September 4th. The singer, born January 6, 1967, passed away at 56 years old. Top two Smash Mouth songs, Walking on the Sun and All Star. All Star was everywhere when that came out. He passed away from Liver Failure. Those two songs and a couple others from Smash Mouth I'll Always Remember. Wasn't my favorite genre, not my favorite band, but they always did their thing. And Steve Harwell, the face, the face of the band, the frontman that was him so rest in peace thank you for your contributions to music playlists all across the world speaking of music playlist bone thugs and harmony had a street named after them in cleveland east 99 street i mean they're legends why not the sunny beautiful hot weather is almost over almost as we're a week into september however that means you still got one last chance to get the lawn looking just as good as the sun rays feel. Artiaga Tree Service and Landscaping is the definition of lawn beautification. The company offers tree removal, lawn care, stump grinding, and spring and fall cleanup to residential and commercial customers. Artiaga Tree Service and Landscaping is fully insured and offers a senior citizen discount. Call 815 878 7504 for a free estimate from Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping. And I don't know about you, but after I'm working on the yard or even watching someone else do the outdoor manicuring, I know I get hungry. Coming soon to Little Joe's Gaming Cafe is a kitchen serving a variety of good eats. Go to Little Joe's located at 713 Illinois Avenue in Mendota or call 815-538-4900 for more information now it's time to catch up on wins losses and stats we'll add accomplishments but not in the title because win-lose stat is way cooler than win-lose stat accomplishments yeah definitely we're going to start tuesday august 29th and go to saturday september 2nd our next show which should be tomorrow we're going to go friday saturday sunday i was going to try to do two on friday skip saturday then go sunday but busy schedule things moving jiving. Eh, Not always driving, but the best that they can. We're going to do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Make sure we get some pods out. So, Tuesday, August 29th to Saturday, September 2nd. Starting with the 29th, Boys Golf. Hall beat Kiwani, 187-230 to at Spring Creek in Spring Valley. For the Red Devils, Landon Plim had a medalist, 42. Johnny Escatella, 47. Joe Perez, 48. Noah Plym, a 50. For Kiwani, Jack Anderson had a 53. Owen Love, a 55. Dalton Bender, a 60. Carter Newlib a 62. At Dwight, Dwight had a 155. St. Bede, a 176. Roanoke Benson, a 177. And Midland, a 187. For St. Bede, Luke Tennell had a 41. Logan Pothoff, a 43. Abe Weisbrook, a 45, and Zach Husher, a 47. Roanoke Benson, Tucker Bond, a 41, Jack Lehman, a 44, Hayden Harms, a 45, Nolan Hunter, a 47. Ford Midland, Gavin Trevor, a 45, Owen Laraz, a 46, Jacob Streetmatter, a 48, and Hayden Grandstart, a 48. Mendota was in a triangular against Riverdale and Erie Prophetstown and finished second. Riverdale, 151, Mendota, a 172, and Erie Prophetstown, a 190. For Mendota, Owen Augenbaugh and Grady Jones had a 42, Dane Doyle, a 43, and Kale Strauss, a 45. Cross country at Ottawa. The teams participating, Seneca, Hall, Mendota, Samanac, and Ottawa. For girls, there were 44 runners. The winner... Evelyn O'Connor from Seneca in 20 minutes, 6 seconds. Team results Seneca won with a perfect 15. Ottawa was second with a 40. Samanak was third with a 79. For the boys, Mendota's Anthony Kelson won it all with a 17.57. Ottawa's Lucas Fairball was second with a 19.26. And Mendota took third as well with Degan Satchel's 1941. Team scores Ottawa won with a 28, Seneca with a 48, and Mendota with a 55. Girls' golf, St. Bede beat LaSalle Peru 228 to 239. For the Lady Bruins, Aaron Dove a 50, Anna Syraki a 55, Aaliyah Epsil a 61, and Bella Hagenball a 62. For the Lady Cavaliers, Ellie Thome had a medalist, 45. Delaney Duggan, a 55. Sophia Shu a 61. And McKenna Zimmon, a 76. For volleyball, we're moving to the Nets, the courts. Indian Creek beat Lamoille, 25-8, 25-21. For Indian Creek, Ellie Peterson had two blocks, two aces, four kills. Alex Edwards had five aces. Elena Morgan, two assists, Six digs, one ace, one kill. Princeton beat Hall, 25-11, 25-20. Princeton is now five, two, and one. For the Tigers, Natasha Faber-Fox, 17 assists, 10 points, four digs, two aces. Carolyn Kutzer, seven kills, one block, one dig. Newman beat Kiwani, 25-18, 22-25, 25-23 in three sets. For Newman, Jess Johns, 15 kills, three aces, 19 digs, one and a half blocks. Kennedy Rousey, 13 kills, three and a half blocks. And Molly Olsen had three kills, two aces, nine digs, 31 assists, and two blocks. At this point in the season, Newman, 4-0, 1-0 in the Three Rivers Conference. Irville defeated Samanak. 25-12, 25-20. For Earlville, Maddie Olsen, 11 points, 4 aces. Nevaeh Sanson, 7 kills, 11 digs. Hannah Peff, 5 kills, 7 digs. Brooklyn Geldy, 4 kills, 2 blocks, 14 assists, 7 digs. Sterling beat Rockford Lutheran, 25-22, 25-20. To give Sterling a 4-3-1 record. For Sterling. Carly Sullivan, 11 kills, Maggie Rousey, 3 aces, and Macy Anderson, 8 digs. Burrow Valley beat Mendota, 19-25, 25-18, 25-18. For Mendota, Laylee Denault, 6 kills, 11 digs, 2 aces. Grace Wasmer, 5 kills, 2 blocks. Madeline Becker, 10 aces, 5 digs, 3 kills. Moving to Junior College. Sports with Kishwaukee College. Men's soccer. Kishwaukee defeated Moraine Valley 2-0. Goals from Kishwaukee were Hosea Antimo and Corey Miles. Assists were Yahir Diaz, who is from Mendota, and Corey Miles also had an assist. Women's soccer. Illinois Valley defeated Kishwaukee 3-0. Volleyball. IVCC defeated Kishwaukee in three sets. Boys soccer. Back to high school. Plano fell to Woodstock North, 3-2. Plainfield goals were scored by Davian Stamps and Henry Chuyo. Mendota beat Riverdale, 9-2. Goals for Mendota, Isaac Diaz had 3. Cesar Casas had 3 goals and 2 assists. Johan Cortez, 2 goals, 1 assist. Genoa Kingston defeated Winnebago, 6-1. to 3rd straight win for GK. 5 goals came from Jay Wolcott. That's a lot of goals. That man was doing his thing. Girls tennis. Dixon beat Belvedere 5 to nothing. Singles wins for Dixon came from Grace Ferguson and Addison Arges. Doubles came from Ariel Tafico and Sienna Kemerman. That was the number one doubles team. Rachel Lance and Brooklyn Arges was the number two doubles team. And the number three doubles team was Leah Stees and Lily Herrera. Mendota defeated Kiwani 3-2. Singles wins for Mendota. Ella Lewis and Natalia Salinas. And then the number two doubles team of Leah Stamberger and Kylie Goldblatt won the final rubber match decision. Also announced on Tuesday, IHSA announces high school sports participation went up last year. 7,857,969 athletes. Participated in sports in 2022-23. That's 240,000 more than the previous school year. For the boys, 4.5 million played, participated, and for the girls, 3.3 million athletes suited up. Moving on to Wednesday, August 30th, boys golf. Hall defeated Erie Prophetstown 176 to 189. For Hall, Landon Plim 34, Noah Plim 44, Jake Diaz, 47, and Cody Orlandi, 51. Ottawa beat Morris, 141-169. to 169. For Ottawa, Drake Kaufman had a 33 to medalist. That's two under par. Woof. Drake is crushing it. Jacob Armstrong had a 34. Chandler Creedon a 35. Seth Cooper and Colt Bryson each had 39s. Rock Falls knocked off Mendota, 169-181. to 181. For Rock Falls, Connor Porter had a 38, Carter Dillon a 39. For Mendota, Owen Augenball had a 39, and Brody Hart a 45. Stillman Valley, 190, Eastland, 196. For Stillman Valley, Noah Claren had a 46, Aaron Michigan a 47, Andrew Gibbs a 48, and Ethan Bueller a 49. Girls golf at Peoria. Kiwani, Newman, and Peoria were all there. Kiwani's Hope Peed shot a 50. Back to boys soccer. Earlville, two. IMSA, nothing. Griffin Cook had two goals for Earlville, while Trenton Fruit had an assist. Oregon, four. Rockford Lutheran, zero. For the Hawks of Oregon, Gavin Morrow had three goals. Cruz Hernandez had the other. Genoa Kingston 3, Dixon 2, the 4th straight victory for the Cogs of GK. They're now 2-0 in the Big Northern Conference. Jay Wolcott had 3 goals against Dixon. Byron 1, Rockford Christian 0. Indian Creek 2, Serena 1. For Indian Creek, Tyler Bogle and Jason Brewer scored the goals. Tennis, Sycamore defeated Belvedere 5-0. Volleyball. Morris defeated Andrew in two sets. Sandwich recorded a 25-21, 25-20 victory over Harvard. For Sandwich, Brooklyn Marks had 11 points, two aces, five digs. Plano lost to Marengo 25-20, two times. Same score, 10 digs for Angela Smiley and Alexa Sobieskic. Cross country at Kishwaukee College. This is high school just at Kishwaukee College's course. 21 teams, DeKalb, Dixon, Genoa Kingston, Hinckley Big Rock, Caneland, Oregon, Rochelle, Rock Falls, Sandwich, Sterling, Newman, and Sycamore. In the girls' race, Hampshire won with a 36. Dixon was second with a 58. Caneland was third with a 111. Sterling fourth with a 119. Sandwich sixth with a 139. And Sycamore with 165 points was seventh. Winning it all was Samanak sophomore, Sundra Weber, with a 17-minute, 50.6-second run. Finishing fourth was Karima Gonzalez, a senior from DeKalb, 19 minutes, 12.49 seconds. In the boys' race, Glenbard won the team results with 62. Aurora Centric Catholic had a 109. Caneland was third with a 118. Sycamore was fourth with a 136. Dixon had a 141 for fifth. Sterling was seventh with a 181. DeKalb had 186 for eighth place. Newman had 289 points for 12th. Rock Falls was 13th with 312. Sandwich had 425 points for 15th. And Genoa Kingston came in 17th with 473 points. The winner of the race was Dale Johnson from Sterling with 15 minutes, 17.72 seconds. Taking third was Caneland's Evan Nosek, 15 minutes, 32 seconds. Thursday, August 31st, Juco Volleyball. Kishwaukee College fell to Kankakee Community College. For Kish, Maddie Lavender from Genoa, Kingston had 12 digs, 5 kills. Eddie Freestad, 10 digs, 6 kills. Kishwaukee, 2-1 as of August 31st. High School Volleyball. Yorkville fell to Plainfield North, 25-13, 25-20. Joey Velglist had four kills and one block for the Lady Foxes, who are now 2-6 and six on the season. Ottawa beat Plano, 25-14, 25-15. For Plano, Rita Loro had two blocks, two aces, three assists. Newark beat Earlville, 25-13, 18-25, 25-8. For Earlville, Brooklyn Geldy. 5 points, 11 digs, 9 kills, 12 assists. Navea Sanson had 8 kills. Geldy and Sanson are the real deal as a tag team. Newman defeated Burrow Valley 25 27, 25 10, 25 20 in 3 sets. Newman is now 5 0, 2 0 in the conference. Kennedy Rousey, 11 kills, 3.5 blocks, 4 digs. Jess Johns, 9 kills, 1 ace. 10 digs, and Molly Olsen, one kill, one ace, 28 assists, nine digs, and 15 blocks for Newman. Princeton defeated Dixon, 25-17, 25-19. Princeton is now 6-2-1 and, two and one as of Thursday, August 31st. Natasha Faber-Fox, 19 assists, 15 digs, one ace, eight points. Woodland beat St. Bede, 25-12, 25-22. For the Lady Bruins of St. Bede, Aubrey Akunches, 7 digs, 1 block, 2 assists, 17 assists. And Ali Bosnich, 7 kills, 2 blocks, 1 dig. Sterling beat Moline, 25-21, 25-23. Sterling is now 4, 4, and 1 on the season. 4 wins, 4 losses, 1 tie. LaSalle Prue beat Anawan, 22-25, 25-16, 25-23. Marquette beat Low Point Washburn in two sets. And Putnam County beat Dwight 25-17, 25-10 to be 2-0 in the Tri-County Conference. Swimming. Byron beat Harlem 111-72. That is girls swimming. Boys golf. Seneca defeated Roanoke Benson and Marquette. Seneca had 179. Roanoke Benson and Marquette both had 183s but Roanoke Benson's fifth man had a better score, so they won the tiebreaker. For Seneca, Riker Terry had a 42 to lead his squad. Roanoke Benson was led by Caden Harms, 44, and Marquette was led by Carson Zellers, 41, which was the medalist honors. Mendota, Newman, and Orion were in a triangular. Mendota, 172, Newman, 178, and Orion, 210. For Mendota, Kale Strauss was the medalist with the 41, Owen Auginball and Brody Hart shot a 44, and Evan McFeeters had a 43. For Newman, Michael Morris a 43, Hiram Sigler a 44, Chase Decker a 45, and Logan Palmer a 46. At the Illinois Valley Central Invitational IVC in Chillicothe, Ottawa won its third straight IVC Invitational. Ottawa had a 306. Pieria Notre Dame, a 329, and Limestone, a 330. For the Pirates, Drake Kaufman had a 73, Briar Harris, a 71, and Chandler Creedon, a 78. Genoa Kingston beat Indian Creek, 170 to 195. For the Cogs of GK, Landon Ritchie had a 38 for medalist, and Bryson Lavender had a 43. For Indian Creek, Dylan White had a 41 to finish second. Sterling, 169. DeKalb, 194. For Sterling, Kale Cushman shot medalist, 40. Mason Hubbard had a 42. And DeKalb's Jonah Keck had a 43. Girls golf, Kaneland shot a 226. LP only had three girls with Brooklyn DeVos shooting a 43 for Kaneland. And LP's Ellie Thome shooting a 46. Boys soccer, Sterling and Rochelle tie 4-2-4. Plenty of action and scoring in that matchup. For Sterling, Ryan Gebhardt had two goals. Daniel Bermudez and Ian Hilty had one goal each. Sterling is now 3-3-2. Mendota, 7. Depew Hall, 0. Isaac Diaz had three goals. Johan Cortez had two. And David Casas had two. Going back to the long courses, cross-country, the Genoa Kingston Open, featuring Genoa Kingston, Salmonock, Stillman Valley, North Boone, and Richmond Burton. Richmond Burton won the girls' race with a 36. Genoa Kingston was second with a 47. Stillman Valley was third with a 52, and Salmonock scored 80 points for fourth place. Roanoke Benson's Alexa Spatz won the race, 19 minutes, 10.59 seconds. Finishing third was Gracie Zapata from Genoa, Kingston, 20 minutes, 54.87 seconds. Finishing fourth was Emma James, Genoa, Kingston freshman, 21 minutes, 45.59 seconds. The boys race. Richmond Burton won with a 29. Genoa, Kingston was second with a 38. And North Boone had a 58. For Genoa, Kingston freshman Gabrielle Pina was second with an 18-minute .47 .47 second run. Girls Tennis, Dixon, three, Sycamore, two, four Dixon. Singles winners were Grace Ferguson and Addison Arges. Dixon's number two double team of Brooklyn Arges and Rachel Lance won, while Sycamore's number one doubles team of Madison Block and Jetta Weaver and the number three team of Jenny Mee and Elizabeth McConkey won for the Lady Spartans. Sterling, three, Mendota, two. For Sterling, both singles and their number three doubles team won. Friday, September 1st, back to boys soccer. We're at the pitch. Earlville 5, Princeton 1. For Earlville, Griffin Cook had four goals and one assist. Ryan Broder had a goal. Trenton and Easton Fruit, one assist each. Mendota 7, Orion 0. For Mendota, Cesar Casas, three goals. Derek Diaz, two. Volleyball, the Oregon Invitational, pool play, There was four different pools, we're only concerned with two. Red Pool, Oregon defeated Mendota 25-22, 25-23. Oregon also defeated Orangeville 25-22, 25-18. Mendota defeated South Beloit 25-14, times two. In the Pink Pool, Genoa Kingston beat Lena Winslow 25-13, 25-18. Genoa Kingston also beat Forston 25-17, 25-13. For Genoa Kingston, Elena Pierce had 26 kills in pool play, while Olivia Keegan had 28 assists. To the football season, which actually started Thursday, the 31st of August, 14 games were played, including Stillman Valley defeating Rock Falls 49-7 and Sandwich beating Piatone 42-19. Sandwich is now 2-0 on the season, Stillman Valley 1-0, Rock Falls 0-2. Moving on to Friday's games, Anawan-Weathersfield fell to Stark County 21-20. Anawan-Weathersfield is now 1-1. AFC improved their record to 1-1 Ashland Franklin Center, if you did not know, as they beat Alden Hebron 34-33. Dixon is now 2-0 on the season with a 29-20 victory over the 1-1 Oregon Hawks. El Paso Gridley defeated Fieldcrest 42 to 8. El Paso Gridley heading into week 3 is 2 and 0, Fieldcrest 1 1. Geneseo beat Gray's Lake Central 27 7. Geneseo 2 and 0 on the season. Kiwani is also 2 and 0 on the season after beating Erie Profitstown 28 to nothing. Seneca 2 and 0 on the season after beating Lyle 42 7. Plano beat Mantino, 29-0. Plano, also undefeated. Mendota fell to 0-2 after losing to Orion, 56-8. Mendota had five turnovers in the game. LP's record is now 1-1 after losing to Metamora, 37-6. Barrow Valley fell to 1-1 after a defeat against Monmouth Roseville, 21-14. Morris staying unblemished with a 50-20 victory over Joliet West. Yorkville is now 1-1 after losing to New Trier, 24-10. Genoa Kingston is 1-1 after a 35-6 loss against North Boone. Marquette moved up to 1-1 after defeating Madison, 55-6. DeKalb defeated Plainfield South, 22-7. The Barbs are now 1-1. Princeton fell to 1-1 against Morrison, 22-21. I caught the end of the game. Princeton scored a touchdown with 45 seconds left. They had the lead. Morrison takes a couple run plays, doesn't get anywhere, then heaves a pass down the field, gets to the 8-yard line, kicks a field goal to win the game against Princeton. Eight-man football, Amboy, LaMoyle, Ohio, 2-0 after crushing River Ridge 82-8. 82-8. For the Clippers, Landon Wetchell had three touchdowns. Braden Klein had two. Brendan Blaine had two. Quinn Leffelman had one. And Josh McKendry had one. Hall beat Riverdale 46-6. I was at the game, calling the game play-by-play, play, watching the Red Devils get their first victory. Rochelle fell to Morton 27-26. The Hubs are now 1-1. Byron is 2-0 after a 64-2-0 victory over Rockford Lutheran. St. Bede fell to Mercer County 38-13. The Bruins are now 1-1. Sterling, still not on the winning column after a 42-28 loss to St. Francis. Ottawa defeated Streeter 41-0. Both squads are 1-1. Kainland beat Wakanda 40-13 to also take a 1-1 record. Saturday had three games for our coverage area as Newman moves on to 2-0 with a 16-10 win over Sherrard. In eight-man football, Polo beat Orangeville 50-6. Polo is unblemished. Sycamore also unblemished after a 28-6 win against Simeon. Heading into week three, we have 14 games that were played on Thursday. None of them were in our area. So... Nothing affected us. But here are the rankings going in to week three. In 1A, Newman is number six 2-0 record. They were number eight last week. In one Weathersfield fell from 7 to 9 after a loss, giving them a 1-1 one one record. Receiving votes, St. Bede and Marquette. 2A, Seneca is number 3. They were fourth last week. And El Paso Gridley is number seven. They were not ranked. Both squads are 2-0. and oh. In 3A, Byron moves back into the top spot after being number two last week. They have a 2-0 oh record. Princeton falls from number one. They had surpassed Byron for a week, but with that loss to Morrison, fall to sixth with their 1-1 one one record. Genoa Kingston and Stillman Valley are receiving votes. In 4A, Morris. Number three, 2-0 record, they were number three last week. Geneseo went from not rated to number 10, coming into this poll, 2-0 record. Rochelle and Plano both received votes. In 5A, Sycamore was tied for third last week. This week, they own the third place by themselves with a 2-0 record. Receiving votes in 7A is Yorkville. Happening on Saturday, September 2nd. There was a swimming Sterling Invitational, including seven teams. Moline won with a 4.06. LaSalle, Peru, Ottawa, Streeter, that co-op, was second with 388.5 points. Sterling was third with 352. LP, Ottawa, Sterling had a bunch of second, third, fourth place winners, or finishers, but did not win. Sterling had two winners, 50 yard freestyle, sophomore Hazel Pham with a 26.99 and in the 100 yard freestyle, junior Madison Austin 53.63 seconds. The Volleyball Oregon Invitational, the finals. In the ninth place game, Mendota beat Pearl City 25-18, 25-14. 3rd place, Oregon lost to Durand 25-22, 25-9 in the championship. Genoa Kingston prevails to be the Oregon Invitational champion with a 25-19, 25-20 victory over Freeport Aquan. Rock Falls Invitational. Lots of teams were involved that we know, including Princeton and Newman. For Princeton in Pool Play, they beat Burl Valley 20-18, 22-21. Rock Falls beat Princeton 20-11, 20-5. Princeton beat Morrison 20 18, 20 13. LaSalle Peru beat Princeton in the semifinals 25 20, 25 16. And in the third place game, Newman beat Princeton 25 17, 23 25, 15 8. Newman's pool play began with a win against Riverdale 18 20, 21 19, 15 5. Beat Rockford East 20 17, 20 9. LaSalle Peru. Beat Newman 2017 2016. Rock Falls beat Newman 25 10, 25 23. And in the third place match, Newman beat Princeton for the third place title. In the Rochelle tournament, Earlville takes third in pool play. Ottawa beat Earlville 25 18, 25 17. Earlville beat Rockford Lutheran 25 21, 25 22. Earlville beat Lyle. 25-16, 25-11. In the semifinals, Earlville lost to McKendry 25-20, 25-18. And in the third place game, Earlville defeated Rochelle, 16-25, 25-23, 25-22. And the girls tennis in a six-team tournament. Moline won it with an 18 and Newman finished fifth with four. That is win-lose stat. We're going to jump straight into Coach Payne, then Coach Teeman, and then our Mendota representatives, Jonathan Cortez, Ray Artiaga, and Nick Myers. Hopefully, you're going to enjoy your weekend and enjoy your football Friday. I know I'm going to. Hopefully, you do the same. Until next time, peace. Coach Scott Payne, what a game you guys had last night. victory over River Ridge. I mean, you guys want to win every game. You're out there playing your best football. And 80-8, I don't know what else I can say about that. What about yourself? Uh,
1: You know, it was just a good game all around. You know, they played really hard. You got to hand it to our, once again, our offense and defensive line. You know, when you got a line that can come out and control the line of scrimmage, obviously great things can happen. And that's what happened last night.
0: Who is all contributed to the scoring? I'm guessing the whole team.
1: <laughs> uh, Welchow had three touchdowns, Blaine had two, Leffelman had one, Brody Kissarzen had one, Braden Klein had two, and Josh McHenry had one.
0: Again, that versatility on the offense, it's gotta be throwing off defenses, even though they know that you know what you guys are gonna do.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, I mean each running back we got brings a different element to the game for us. You know, is more of a power back five, six, seven yards, and then, you know, Klein and McHenry; those guys are the speed guys, and they can take it to the the house any time. And obviously, Luffelman is just a bulldozer. He just runs people over. He's hard to tackle. And last night on one drive, I I don't know how many tackles he broke, but it just seemed like every time he got the ball, he broke two or three tackles, and he was just a beast to get to the ground.
0: So far in your first two games, with the Week 1 46-0 win over Decatur unity christian and then this week over river ridge 80 to 8 you've outscored opponents 126 to 8 and you're averaging 63.4 points a game i mean that's pretty incredible even though we're only week two those are already astounding numbers
1: yeah you know, our offense is it's nothing flashy you know we just line up and run the ball and like i said the, the credit goes to our line You know, none of that would would not be possible Unless we had a really good offensive line, and, and, and we do. You know, we got five guys up front that block really well and stay on their blocks. And they take pride in blocking well and letting those other guys score all the touchdowns.
0: And defensively, you've been able to stop people. We talked about it after week one that your defense, you know, played a huge part in that 46-0 to win. Now 80-8. to And I'm guessing even halfway through the game, you're making substitutions and letting other people get in. And they're still able to shut down offenses as well.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: our defense has been playing really well. Our starters played the first half last night, and then to start the second half we had all of our uh, second, and third team guys in. And you know the second team and third team guys they're just as just as good football players as anybody. Uh, you know, just they got guys who are just a little bit better ahead of them. And you know they come in and they take pride in trying to get, uh, keep that zero up there on that scoreboard.
0: Even in eight, when you got eighty, that doesn't look too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Going into next week at Martinsville, what do you know about Martinsville? Uh,
1: they got a pretty good running back. I watched a little bit of their film this morning. Uh, I'll watch uh, more of it tonight. But uh, uh, they got a pretty good running back, and you know, like to get him the ball a lot. Uh, they got some pretty good size up front. We just have to do what, what we do, play our game, and uh, you know, see what happens.
0: Good stuff. And I know back-to-back road trips are never fun, but hey, at least you're getting them out of the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, th- these are our two longest road trips of the year. And, you know, next week it's four hours, and we're leaving on Friday at one o'clock spend the night. You know, I think it would be a good experience for the kids. You know, not many high school football teams get to have an overnight road trip and, you know, it's a little bit out of our routine, but, you know, it's my job to uh, make sure they're ready to go and and, uh, we will be.
0: And speaking of routine, it's a Saturday game at 2 o'clock and a little different than Friday Night Lights.
1: Yeah, you know, I told the kids after the game on Friday, you know, we'll, we'll treat next week just like a playoff game. You know, the schedule we use when we're in the playoffs and you know, the kids know our schedule and we're in the playoffs playing on Saturday. And personally, do I prefer playing on Friday night? Yeah, I do. But, you know, I'll play on Saturday too.
0: Whenever you can have football, that's never a bad thing.
1: No, it's not.
0: Good stuff. Anything else you want to add, coach?
1: No, just, you know, Eddie Jones, he threw the ball really well. You know, he had two touchdown passes. Troy Anderson had a great touchdown reception on a screen play. And so those two are stepping up for us pretty big.
0: They're both juniors, correct?
1: Uh, just Eddie. Troy's a senior. It was good to see Troy get a touchdown. He's a kid that works hard every day and just does everything you ask of him. He's just one of those kids you want to see succeed.
0: And it seems like he's kind of a a utility player for you guys. I know you kind of plug and play him defensively, offensively, just wherever you need him. And it seems like he rises to the occasion every time.
1: Yeah, he does. You know, Troy's one of those kids you could just put in any spot. You know, he'll play his butt off for you and he'll play that position really well for you. you know, he's like I said, he's just a great kid. Uh, really coachable and you know it's a good kid
0: to be around and i know we don't have to name names because i know there's a lot but i think we've had this conversation or said you know similar things about a lot of you know the members of the clippers football team it's kind of got to be a cool thing for you to have kids like that that are dedicated to football and are willing to do whatever it is on the football field oh yeah
1: you know this whole team is like that you know all these kids are Whenever a coach is talking to them, they're paying attention, doing what he asks. You know, whether it's me or one of my assistants, and, you know, they're all very respectable young men. You know, none of them mouth off. It makes it a lot more fun going to practice every day and being around these guys. I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy every single day being around these guys. You know, they're a joy to coach, and this is the type of team that you don't get to coach very often. And I'm just enjoying every single moment of it.
0: And it doesn't hurt when you're winning games, eighty to eight.
1: Yeah, no, that that helps out a little bit.
0: Well, thank you, Amboy LeMoyle, Ohio coach, Scott Payne. Appreciate it, and you know we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. Big 46-6 victory. I mean, you guys did everything right for at least a good three and a half quarters. We talked to the
3: kids. We knew they're they're young and inexperienced, and we just needed to go out and do what we did and take care of the business we needed to.
0: Your running game looked awesome. Whoever you went to, whatever angles you went to, whatever – Play you called, it worked. We I think
3: we had six kids score touchdowns tonight. That's pretty impressive, five or six. That's And Bass didn't even play after the beginning of the second quarter. So, you know, we, we got kids that, like I said, we're going to run by committee, and it ain't going to be the, like it was last year with Mac. But Gianni had a good night running the ball, and, uh, you know, he can throw it a little better than people think. So we'll get after that too.
0: Definitely. And, you know, after the week one loss against Orion, a better team coming into this, I mean, guess guys had a prime opportunity to get a win here.
3: Yeah, and that, and that was the business all week. We just talked about taking care of business, getting in here, getting the win, and trying to get out
0: healthy. Definitely. Defensively, didn't let them do much till the end, but I know you had subs in and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah,
3: we, we played a lot of kids in the second half. They got some experience offensively and defensively. So, you know, they wanted to get a touchdown. and They ended up getting one. I really wanted to see Coach Hank get his first shutout, but it is what it is, you know.
0: Definitely. Next week, Bureau Valley, we start a conference play. I mean, now after having a victory, I'm sure the kids are pumped to get in the conference.
3: Yeah, and then we'll talk about Bureau Valley and their much improved team. I don't know what they did tonight, but I know they're going to be much improved over last year. They were young, and he does a great job over there with them.
0: Brandon Lachance with the Wolf 96.5. We're talking to Paul Putnam County football coach Randy Teeman as we get ready for Week 3 action at home Against Burrow Valley. This is a three river conference battle, well documented, played each other a bunch of times. I know you're ready for Burrow Valley, coach.
3: Yeah, I mean, the kids are excited to play and uh, they're vastly improved over last year. And, you know, we got to come ready to play and do our thing and hopefully come out with the win.
0: Watching tape, knowing about Burrow Valley, saying that they're vastly improved, what are some things that Defensively, you're gonna be ready for against the storm. Our defense? Yes, your defense.
3: First of all, we gotta play our assignments and we gotta stay where we're supposed to be and not worry about trying to cover for everybody and uh we have to be able to slow down their run game. I think if we can do that, we can control the line, we'll be fine.
0: Offensively, the first two weeks we've seen your running game do very well. I know you gotta be happy, impressed, proud of what your running backs have been able to do.
3: Yeah, they've been running the ball hard, and, uh, you know, there's been a variety of them. You know, we're running between five and six kids every game are getting carries, so that's always good. And, you know, they're getting some experience, so if somebody goes down, then there's somebody ready to go take their place.
0: And we have spoke about quarterback Gianni Guarini last week going into the Week 2 battle against Riverdale. And he showed, again, like his legs are just as dangerous as his arm. And he is a thrower as well, as you had mentioned. As the season progresses, I'm guessing we're going to see more and more of what he can do.
3: Yeah, and I mean, Johnny's a good football player. He he run, He's been throwing the ball halfway decent. So, you know, we want to get more out of that. But as far as when a play breaks down or a pass breaks down, he's able to run and uh, pick up yardage for us.
0: In the preseason interviewed, we talk about, you know, the luxury of having a weapon of a kicker, and we've seen D'Anthony Weatherspoon in the first two games come up with big kicks. I, I know he missed one against Orion, he comes back and made three straight. So it seems like he's a kid that definitely wants to be part of this team, and to be able to make some kicks for you.
4: Yeah, you know, and he's been, he's
3: been playing the corner spot for three years, and his kicking has is, is improved each year, and I, I think this year he's really on top of his game, and He's done a really good job for us kicking the ball.
0: And as you mentioned, you know, playing defense as well. I know the first half of Riverdale, it seemed like I was saying the name De'Anthony Witherspoon pretty much about every other play. You got a couple of guys like that. Just talk about the, you know, again, another luxury a benefit of having players that want to be a part of every aspect of football.
3: You know, there's quite a few. And being a small school, that that's going to happen with what your better athletes are going to be playing on offense, defense, You know, a few special teams, you try to get them off some of the special teams to get them a rest and to get some other kids in there. But sometimes you can't, and they're they're out there the whole game. So, yeah, we have some kids that do that.
0: I know as a high school football player, a high school coach, you know, you're amped up, ready for every game. But like we said, this is the first three reverse conference game of the season. It's got to amp up just a little more when you know you're playing conference.
3: Yeah, and, and it's at home, and uh, unfortunately, it's our only home conference game this year. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it.
0: What was your first initial reaction when you saw that, when this was your only home conference game?
3: I called my AD right away and wondered why we're, we don't have at least one more, if not two. So, yeah, I mean, it should have been three and three, but I know St. B dropped out, so we should have had at least two home games. But it's the way the ball bounces. We're just going to have to be road warriors and get the wins out there.
0: And then when you get those wins on the road, it just adds that much more to it.
3: Yeah, it does. It's more satisfying, I guess. But it's
0: always nice to win at home, too. (laughs) Definitely. Understand, Coach. Thank you for speaking with us, Hall, Putnam County, Red Devils coach, Randy Teeman. Thank you for joining us, and have a great game this week. Thanks. Thanks for having me. The interviews you just heard with Amboy, LaMoyle, Ohio football coach Scott Payne, and Hall, Putnam County football coach Randy Teeman, plus the Mendota interviews with Jonathan Cortez, Ray Artiaga, and Nick Myers are brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town, associates Jason Hintz and Caitlin Henry pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want in cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Jason Hintz has been with Medota Ford for eight years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. Caitlin Henry joined the team in July and is excited to help you find your dream vehicle. You can purchase any vehicle of any lot in the Medota Ford family. Jason and Caitlin will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jingle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.MendotaFord.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. And when you do, don't forget to mention where you heard about Mendota Ford, as the dealership has a refer a friend or family member program. If you buy a vehicle, the person or podcast who referred you gets $100. Soccer playoffs upon us. And as always, paying close, close, close attention to those Mendota Trojans. They have been a perennial playoff powerhouse the last couple years. Last year winning a super, falling in the super sectional on penalty kicks. And they're trying to get back. Almost made it to where they were before. We had to be joined by a guy that was on both teams that has been helping this program improve to where they are now and making them extremely successful. Of course, I'm talking about Mendota Sr., Jonathan Cortez. Jonathan, what's going on, my man? What's up? Good to be back. For sure, for sure. It's a Saturday morning, so thank you for taking a break and watching soccer and Saturday morning cartoons to talk to us. (laughs) Of course. But seriously, do you watch Saturday morning cartoons? Um, not as often as I used to, but
2: every once in a while. I'm just chilling. Not, not much
0: to do. What would you turn on if you were going to watch cartoons? I usually like to watch some SpongeBob, something like that. Just the old cartoons the classics. There we go. The funny <laughs> thing is, is SpongeBob isn't even a classic to me. It didn't come out until I was in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. SpongeBob, uh, Teen Titans,
2: shows like that came out like late
0: 2000s or like well spongebob was the 1900s but stuff like that where i was just like barely growing up when it was coming out gotcha spongebob was on the 1990s yeah all right i wasn't in my 20s yet though (laughs) i think it was like really late 1990s okay well then i'm not i was dating myself too much then (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh good stuff but you are watching soccer what are you watching um, right now I'm watching uh, Brighton versus Chelsea in the Premier League. Okay, okay. Who do you got in this Um uh,
2: Well, right now Brighton's winning 3-1. I'm ex- I was expecting Chelsea to win, but Brighton's in really good form right now, so I'm honestly not surprised that they're winning. Either. It's, it's going to be a close game,
0: yeah. Do you watch a lot of Premier League?
2: Yeah, I actually do. That's probably the league I watch the most. And then after that, well, I'm a big fan of Barca, so I usually watch most of their games. Apart from that, just
0: Premier League. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, the reason I had you on for the second time, and I really do appreciate return visitors, that means they enjoyed the show. So thank you for coming back. Yep, I enjoyed it as well. So nice to be back. For sure, for sure. Mendota gets to the sectional championship falls to Quincy Notre Dame. I know you guys wanted to win that game. Just talk about getting back to the sectional. It's only the fourth time, I believe, that Mendota's been there. So to be able to just to go to the sectional championship has to make you guys feel good and doing it back-to-back years. Well, we lost six main six main seniors last year, say,
2: and they were like core pieces of our team. So going into this year, we had a lot of new players that maybe didn't have the experience that we had last year. So I'm sure there was a lot of doubts across like the town and maybe between us and the team of whether we could be as good and get back to where we were last year. Over the season, we had to go through some rough times. Uh, went to the tournament in Schomburg, which was nice because... So we got invited to the tournament in Schaumburg in the summer. We weren't planning on going to it, and so we got left out of that one. But then, literally like a week before that tournament happened, um, they contacted us and said a team dropped out, so uh, the window was open for us to go if we wanted to, and so we took the opportunity. And so that one's just like... It's one of the biggest tournaments in Illinois, so it was nice to get an invitation there, and there was a lot of good teams there. That was a good experience, and also when we went to the uh, tournament in uh, Burlington, Iowa, that one was also an invite only, and it was like eight of the top teams in Illinois. Uh, So those are good uh, spots to get uh, experience, and I think that really helped us. So when we got to the postseason, we we knew where our weaknesses were and where we had to step it up, and... That experience helped us get to sectional final, which unfortunately we lost, but it was still a good
0: uh, journey and a good season overall. Call me crazy, or you might agree with me. We'll we'll figure that out in just a second. But when you look at Mendota High School and we're like, hey, this is a top team, this is a top team, or what is the best program at Mendota? I'm going to say the boys' soccer program. Do you feel that when you're at school, when you're talking to people, or you just like, hey, you're a good team, you know, that's it? But when I look at it, I'm like, the premier team for Mendota is the soccer squad. Uh, Yeah,
2: we can definitely feel that at school. I feel
0: like a lot of,
2: like, uh, teachers and fellow students are always, like, asking, hey, when's your next home game? When's will you guys play? When are you guys playing? You know what I mean? So a lot of people uh, like to watch us, and they always support us. And, yeah, definitely you can feel that. The expectations are high like people are always expecting us to get a good result and win trophies and stuff like that so yeah it definitely feels like that the best program there is soccer
0: or at least that's how the people make it feel coming up through the ranks you know your younger years in high school and junior high maze did you feel that way you're like hey I'm going to be a Mendoza Trojan or it was like hey I'm just going to join the soccer team and see what happens
2: i have a lot of older cousins and they all went through a uh, soccer at Medota at the high school so I would go to their games and that kind of like always inspired me and I was like dang it's gonna feel good like but like I always had my like mindset on playing high school soccer so getting to watch them play and then eventually me playing there
0: was a great experience but yeah I always planned on playing high school soccer so you were like hey I'm gonna be a Trojan this is gonna be a cool program like you were expecting the best out of your experience oh yeah for the longest time, Endota's been a solid team in
2: soccer. Like, even when my cousins were playing, they were, they were winning games. and So it was nice to be to watch them and then be a part of it after. Once I got into high school, it was nice.
0: Gotcha. I mean, if you're going to say titles like cousins and stuff, we got a name drop here. Who are your cousins you're talking about? Oh, shoot. I have quite a few. Marco Arteaga, he played this
2: quite a while ago. Uh, so Marco Arteaga, um, and Leandro Arteaga, which I played with my freshman year, he was a senior. Um, Rudy Atiaga, his older brother, Joe Atiaga, who else could tell. I had quite a few. I'm trying to think if I missed any, but I think that's all of them. At least that
0: I got to watch him play. Oh, Jose Atiaga, obviously, too. He was, on my team. he was on the team last year. I know um, every single one of them. Either talk to him for a story, I'm friends with them, I worked with one of them. So, yeah, I, I know absolutely all of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big family. And do we have more in the ranks, more of your cousins coming up? through Mendota Soccer? Josue has a younger brother named
2: uh, Antonio, but he's really young. He's barely in, uh, I'm not sure if he's, I think he's at Lincoln now. So in like second, third, or fourth grade. So he's really young, but he'll be up there eventually and he's already showing interest in soccer and playing in maze and stuff. So I'm sure when he gets to high school, he'll play. And besides that, I think that's kind of it. I'm one of the, uh, me and my brother are like the youngest of like those cousins until we get to like the really young ages, so.
0: So there's gonna be a gap. Yeah, there's gonna be a big gap between. I said it. You said it. We we're talking about Mendota area youth soccer. Maze. I mean, I coached one year, and it was a lot of fun. And you see the development of soccer going on in this program. I do feel seriously that Maze is helping Mendota program. Even though I know there's you know outside uh, clubs and stuff like that that you guys go to. How important is it to go outside? Play soccer and then come to your school and represent. Oh yeah, it's uh, extremely important, and I agree that Maze
2: has um, been helping a lot because it gives an outlet for kids to have somewhere to play if they're like not like super invested, but they just want to try it. Like is like the perfect spot, and I think a big inspiration for a lot of kids. Like seeing the success that we're having in high school, and they're like, "Oh, I want to play soccer because I want to be like the Trojans that are winning." So, like, I think our success has been getting a lot of. New people that maybe didn't consider soccer before, and now they're giving it a chance. So Maze has been big for soccer. I mean, pretty much everyone that's played soccer at the high school went through Maze. So yeah, it's been huge.
0: The reason I ask that question is there's always the debate of you know if you're playing club sports, it takes away from the high school and they're not as good because of. But if you're able to do, especially for soccer, if you're able to do year-round soccer, playing clubs, you know, perfect your craft, and then bring it to your high school to represent. I think that is amazing, and every single soccer player should do that. Oh, yeah, it's extremely important. Quite a few of the players that that play with
2: uh, are on my travel team as well. So we have tournaments in the spring and in the summer. So, I mean, we're always active and playing soccer. So we never really, like, get out of that, like, soccer shape. Once we get into the summer trainings with the high school, we're already, like, in in soccer form, you know. So we already have the mentality, and we're already just ready to go from the
0: start. So there isn't the couple, two, three weeks of, all right, we got to get our body trained again, we got to get back in focus, like, hey, it's been a year. You guys are like, no, we've been doing this, let's go. Let's, like, play a game right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
2: Yeah, we just play the spring and the summer, and then once we get into the summer practices, we
0: just, we're already in there. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. It's been fun covering, watching Mendota soccer, for sure. When I was in high school was the first time Mendota went to the sectional and your coach, Nick Myers was actually on the team. We're in the same class. So to be able to see the progression and, you know, now the perennial playoff long visits and things like that, it's really cool. And, you know, it's cause of players like you that care so much and, and want to do the best for the Mendota Trojans. Yeah. I mean, before my freshman year, my 8th grade mid-year, that was the second time that Mendota got to sectionals. And I
2: remember them losing to Irvo. And so, when I came in, I was—I had a really big goal of like getting back to that sectional final. I think that was everyone's goal, at least for my class. Ever since uh, you know, we started playing high school soccer, and so yeah, uh, my class was extremely committed. Everyone showed up to every practice, every training, whether it was mandatory or not. And so we were all very dedicated, and I think we got rewarded with the success that we had
0: throughout the years. So what's up with you for the rest of the school year? Soccer's done. You got any other sports coming up? Do you play anything else in any clubs? What do you got going on the rest of the school year?
2: Right now, i just focus on uh, keeping my grades up, uh, just do good in school. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to play any sports um, in the winter or in the spring. Oh, in the spring, that's when travel soccer will start back up, so I'll get back into that once that starts. But in the winter, I think it just kind of just focus on school and just take a little choco, just relax for a little bit. It's kind of hard sometimes just going 24-7, this thing into that thing, and just always being busy, so. Well, I'll definitely work a couple more hours, too. I
0: haven't been working much lately. Where do you work at? I work in McDonald's. gotta make that money, man. Yeah, one way or another. Exactly. You get free food? Uh, I do. Yeah, then you're getting yeah. double paid, so hey, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You can't shun McDonald's. I know everybody's like, "Oh, I'll just flip burgers at McDonald's, like it's a low life job." Seriously, McDonald's yeah. employees make okay money just compared to the rest of the jobs, and yeah. there's food, and it's yeah. It's actually not a
2: horrible job, and it's and the one I work at the one uh, out of town, so by like Road Ranger and like Cindy's. So I have a lot of friends that actually work there, and so usually we have the same the same shifts. So
0: it's actually not that bad working there. Nice. nice, 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 nice. Yeah and if you're having a bad day just have a shake or something and you're all right yeah exactly so i keep going back to the food but i mean you work at a food restaurant. <laughs> yeah i used to uh during high school and college i was at pizza Hut. i worked at pizza Hut for seven <clears throat> years got me through school and everybody's like man why don't you get a better job i'm like i drive around i cook some pizzas if anything gets messed up i eat it I get, paid yeah. I get paid okay for a high school kid. Whenever we went somewhere, I had my money. I didn't have to bug parents. I didn't have to do none of that. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's like, yep, I'm that guy too. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Cortez, always a pleasure to speak with you. You're a two-time Edge of Your Seat podcast guest, and I'm in the middle of this outro, and I'm going to stop for just a second because I have one more question. Since your yeah. senior season's done, you already said high school might chill until, you know, uh, club soccer starts in the spring. Do you have any aspirations, or are you going to play college soccer?
2: Yeah, most definitely. Um, I've already been talking to a few coaches in the area about playing with them next season. And, yeah, I mean, the biggest goal mine is always to get to college soccer play the next level. So, yeah, i am definitely be doing that once the next season starts and finally a yeah,
0: college student. Can you disclose which schools you're talking to? I'm not sure. I think I'm just going to keep that with me for now. Man. (laughs) (laughs) No, I respect the decision. I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. I want to see the best for you. I know you're a great soccer player, good kid. Mm -hmm. So, just curious. Yeah, thank you. All right, now we'll get back to letting you go. Thank you, Jonathan. Can I stop here for a second? Yep,
2: yep. Uh, There's one more thing I want to talk about. Okay. Um, so last year, I remember talking about uh, my little brother and how he's in eighth grade. And so this year, he was a freshman. So he got, I got to, and I got to play with him. So I don't know. I think it should be nice to like talk about that. Since last year, we also talked about him. And I remember like it's a a question like, "You think he's gonna be better than you?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm not sure." And,
0: how did that go? You got to play with him?
2: Yeah, I mean, ever since we started in the summer, coach already had all right, high expectations for him. We. Uh, my senior, so my class had already talked so much about him because we had watched him play. I mean, pretty much watched him grow up with soccer. So we talked a lot about him, and coaches like, I don't know, we'll see when he comes when he comes to the training sessions. And so he showed up, and he lived up to all the expectations. I mean, I'm pretty sure he scored 19 goals, which as a freshman is pretty insane. I mean, he scored the only goal in that sectional championship, and he scored in the sectional semifinal as well. So uh, I'm just really proud of that kid because. I knew, I always knew he had it in him, but he actually got to showcase it, and he was a key part of our team, so it was just great to uh, play with him, and yeah, it was a fun
0: experience. What is his name again? Uh, his name is Johan. Johan, there we go. I was like, I know I said it during the season, but talking to people, I was like, hey, this kid is good. Yeah. Last time I asked you, do you think he's going to be better than you? What's the answer just one season into his high school career? Uh, oh, he's still got a
2: lot. He's still got a lot of room to grow, which is the thing. Like, it's scary seeing his potential because, I mean, he's just barely a freshman. And he's already dribbling around all sorts of players and scoring goals all over the place. So I think by the time he's a junior, even a senior, he's going to be a great player. And he has really high potential of doing something great with uh, Mendota and
0: being one of those kids that people remember. No doubt. No doubt. I think we can officially do an outro and I can let you go. Yeah. It's, um... You sure? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got soccer to watch, right? Yeah, we do have soccer to watch. I might go turn on SpongeBob and try to reconnect for the last, like, 30 years. Holy, I did not know it had been on that long. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, those episodes never grow old either.
2: You could always just go back and keep watching them. They never get old.
0: And neither does soccer. I don't think
2: it ever does. No, no, neither does soccer. Soccer is going to be one of those things that just kind of goes on forever.
0: No doubt. Well, Jonathan Cortez, the third time we try to do this outro might be the winning time. Thank you. As always, coming back, speaking with Edge of Your Seat Podcast about your pretty awesome soccer career and the things that the Mendota Trojans have been able to do the last five, six years. Thank you for having me back on. Uh, It was a pleasure. Does your driver need a new grip? Seven iron need a new head? Putter need to be replaced? Want to play a simulator during rainy, cold days? Sports Boss Golf is your one-stop shop for everything golf, located at 2950 Kane Road in Leland. Sports Boss has over 10,000 used clubs and new clubs for sale. Owner Mark Wright rebuilds, repairs, replenishes the value of every club in his own shop. Want a Callaway? Sports Boss has it. A Betonardi, Bridgestone, Cleveland, Cobra, Exotics, Crank, Mizuno, Odyssey, Puma, Srixon, TaylorMade, Tor Edge, Wilson. Woo! Sports Boss has a partnership with each and every one of those top brands. Check out Sports Boss Golf Shop on Facebook or call Sports Boss Golf at 815-326-9686 or email sportsboss777 at gmail.com to book simulator time, inquire about repairing or purchasing clubs, and any other of your golf needs. We have Mendota representatives on this show, including assistant coach Ray Artiaga. You and I have been talking about having you on this show for at least a year, and finally it's happening. Yeah, I mean, we had a little uh,
5: setback with, uh, with an injury that we had, but I'm just glad, you know, we're, we're able to make it
0: happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let's start right away with the Mendota season. I mean, back-to-back sectional championship games, I mean, that's pretty amazing for a squad that's only been there four times in the history of the program. Obviously, you want to win every single one of them. You won last year's sectional. This year, kind of fall a little short. But, hey, you got back, and the team was very successful.
5: Honestly, I mean, that was just the the main motive is – It's having that dream team of last year that people still talk about, people that will continue to talk about it, and then not even dealing with just that season, and then coming up again, going there this season. I mean, everyone kept talking about, you know, we're going to miss these players, we're going to miss this this spot here, and just to prove a point that, you know, you still got the right personnel to go back. it's just incredible to have I even mean, professionals to make it back to their championship in any sport—football, baseball, basketball, soccer. I mean, to go back to back is kind of, kind of the goal for every team. But to actually do it is, is just what's phenomenal.
0: And then last year you guys were undefeated, so this year you knew a loss was probably going to come. And Nick Myers, the head coach, and I talked. And he said, hey, when that time comes, when that loss, that first loss that a lot of these teams have experienced or a lot of these players have experienced happens, you know, we're going to see what happens. After that first loss, what was the, you know, mind frame? What was the style of play after that? Were they still playing their same ball and just realizing, hey, it's just a loss. We're going to keep moving. Or did they take it to heart? Well, when people compare the two seasons
5: about going undefeated for the first one and then this one having a few more losses under our belt, a lot of people forget and realize, you know, the competition was in two different directions. Last year was just We wanted anybody and everybody that could go ahead and give us a challenge. And this year, we accepted the challenges and we accepted those games that people would have questioned. Why is Mendota High School playing these teams? Or why are we getting invited to this tournament or these, you know, invitationals? And honestly, after the defeats, especially early on in the season... Nick and I would have these discussions like it finally happened, we don't need to have the pressure of going undefeated or getting you know, a picture and understand how this style of play is forward to later on in the postseason and I think as we took a different route instead of focusing on not getting scored on or you know, we're not going to be undefeated anymore or our momentum shifted and that's when our team honestly did a lot better when we were more relaxed after that. So they just quit worrying about that and just played? Correct. That was super important to have because, I mean, no yeah. matter if it's junior high, high school, college, professional, everybody still gets those nervous, you know, parts, and it just adds a little bit more stress when you get
0: our parts to add on. No doubt. And I know we don't like to talk about, uh, you know, the things that bring you down and stuff like that, but I feel like Mendota... After finding out David Garcia had cancer, it seemed like everybody bonded together better. Not better, but seemed like everybody bonded together a little more to play for him almost.
5: It was a tragic, tragic piece of news to hear, especially right in the beginning of our season. I mean, we thought we had our entire core down. Everybody just straight down the spine from striker all the way back to goalie. And having that information, you know, that david wasn't going to be able to play with us hurt us as it would any other team but it wasn't just the team that that brought it all together i think the community of mendota and especially other area schools and, and just personnel around the community especially the mendota community helps bring that that family that connection back to to take his place with the crowd and with the other helpfulness that other people gave with donations and just got everybody with the crowd backing him up and I think that was the missing piece from having David not technically physically on the field with us but having that purpose of hey we're backing the soccer team up we're gonna back up David up and all together we're just all focused on the same goal and I think that's just what, what it's all about honestly, winner, w- wins and losses come in every season, but these tragic events happen without the support of everybody else that that would have been, you know, something else to look forward down as a negative versus something
0: more hopeful and that's a huge help. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was getting at, I thought you guys did a great job the team, the community, Mendota in general, of trying to make it a positive or make it like, hey, we're playing for him, hey, we're doing this instead of kind of dwelling on it and sulking. Exactly. And that's hard to get out of, especially in in, a high school mindset. How did you guys go about that? I mean, we are talking about 15, 16, 17-year-old kids, and to get them to think a different way than you know normal people, not even just kids, normal people would think that way. How were you guys able to do that or help push that train of thought? I think it was just,
5: honestly, the leadership that we had this year with our seniors and understanding that you know this life happens in all different directions some more positive than others and some more tragic than others and I think it's just understanding the mindset the leadership roles that they have with the players that they have on the field I mean Nick 100% give him all the props for it I mean I not being able, uh teaching him you know, in high school he got a lot more I believe, than that maybe he asked for but the way he handled it and the players handled it especially i mean it's just crazy to believe how these are 15 16 17 18 year old becoming a turn up on their adult life because of the situation i think once they found that out every game was just played
0: through no matter what started the whistle to the final final one that's awesome to hear and the thoughts of edge of your seat podcast was definitely with the mendota soccer team and david garcia going through this and you know always always you know hoping people can thrive and battle through whatever they got to battle through including cancer it's not
5: fun that's for sure i mean everybody goes through their own situations their own battles that everybody has whether that be mental physical emotional everybody has and it's just finding that right support group and finding your own community to make it at least in a positive manner, try to see the light in some sort of area. Definitely.
0: So let's get back to the field with this. I mean, you got David Garcia not playing. You got some new people. You got the seniors that left last year that were record breakers. And, you know, great top of the line Mendota soccer players. And now you're kind of starting from scratch, but not because you got so many talented people. How did you and Nick as coaches kind of put all these storylines and situations in a pot and mix it to still getting back to the sectional championship? (laughs)
5: Uh, Well, we definitely had a lot of double workouts that really helped out. Um, And then it wasn't until our, our very first couple practices that we had that we would say, oh, this player, you know, we should keep an eye out for him or I would say, hey, what do you want me to work on? What players do you see that I could take on my JV side and develop them? So that way they're ready at your level. And I maybe had some for a week. We have a JV game and that's, he'd say, yep, okay. I'm going to take them on the varsity roster and we're just going to keep, keep going with it. And I think it was just the eagerness of the, the positions that needed to be filled, their excitement and their mindset and their willingness to learn, at a higher competition level that made it easier for them to transition in those pieces my cousin john cortez and his brother johan cortez i mean those two those link-ups is just incredible and then having johan as a freshman especially just getting the goals and the assists that he had at that level and that consistency really just helped thrive the other underclassmen just understanding that regardless of what level of high school you are or ability talent level, everybody has the ability to continue learning. And that was just
0: great for everybody to see. Definitely. I don't know if I was trying to keep this a secret or not, but when I said representatives of Mendota Soccer on this podcast, it's going to be you and Jonathan Cortez, and I had no idea you guys were cousins. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Works perfectly for me. Hey, even better. Even better. So talk about some of these freshmen, Johan being one, and if you could remind me the names. I think there was three freshmen when I talked to Nick at the beginning of the season that were going to start for the team. So you guys were already, before the season even started, ready and prepared to put these younger players, but they're quick and experienced, into the fold from the get-go. We all get hearsay about this player is going to be
5: great and this player is going to be good in this position sometimes it's just hard to tell because the system of and formation even the coaching style that that nick has and and i think that's what makes it really easy is that not everybody understands each other's coaching style but when it comes to freshmen we really wanted to see it for ourselves so we had johan obviously contribute tremendously we also had another freshman sebastian who was just lightning fast, ended up winning state uh, for mendota Northbrook in an event. So we were just excited to see him with his wheels. We had Ramiro, but he went by Kachi. I think he was more surprised that when Nick called him up to play varsity because of an injury we had with Edgar RTA, guy, that, that he would take his role and you know, get developed in that position. And then even the backup goalie. The backup goalie is a freshman, and then he had to go in in a couple games, too. And from senior goalie Martin to freshman goalie Mateo, that's a big step in in experience. No doubt. Can we
0: get some last
5: names for these guys? I do not remember them all. Yeah, so we got Johan Cortez. uh, We got Romero Blackos, I believe.
0: uh, Mateo Goy. How is it working with Nick? I went to school with Nick. We were in the same class. We played basketball together, things like that. I was not a soccer player, so we can't say we did that together. But, uh, you know, working with him, he's been with this program. He's been with Earlville. He was an athletic director at Earlville. He's kind of jumped around to different soccer programs, but that's always been his first love. How was it working with him and being able to coach together and, you know, develop this team into what it is now? I don't know if a lot of people actually
5: know this, but... Nick's first year coaching Minota High School was with me my sophomore year. So Nick coached me my sophomore, he was my assistant for freshman, but then coached me as the head coach sophomore, junior, senior year. Then I went to IVCC and Nick was still at Minota High School. And then I was going to Northern, he was going to Northern. So we actually became roommates to go to NIU. Then we were roommates together at Northern. Then he took his role as the AD at Urlville. then I was his JV head coach for Earlville at that time. Then after that, uh, we would play together in an indoor league, soccer. We'd hang out. And then after that, he said, hey, uh, I'm going to go back to Mendota. I was just wondering if you'd want to be my assistant. And I said, absolutely. I mean, so Nick and I know each other pretty well, and I think that's just what makes a great team is because I understand being with him for so long and understanding the way he plays, the way he coaches for so long. I think that's another reason why things ended up going the way they did. Just the trust that he has with me and the, you know, anything that he has or questions he has or should we try this, should we try that, should we change the formation and just having those conversations really makes me feel like, okay, he does trust me. We're good. We're good. So when is the Netflix documentary coming out about you two coaching together? (laughs) that's uh that's up to him on that one (laughs) if you want me to make it i can make it i'll make the documentary hey might as well i mean we'll 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 call it the instead of the last dance we'll call it the last song (laughs) there we go i love it i love it i love it You know what i just want to say i really truly appreciate you and just getting the soccer community involved through your platform um i i don't know if you get enough credit for what you do honestly and i just want to say you know on behalf of the soccer team and nick and myself i just i just want to say thank you for allowing this to happen and just getting some insight with uh everything that's going on
0: and you know i'm always here to chat if you ever need something sorry i'm taking a second to you know wipe away a tear get the blushing (laughs) the blush color out of my face (laughs) no i really appreciate that ray thank you i mean i just love sports in general and i see what it means to the coaches and the players i'm on the sidelines covering games for newspapers and radios and you know i started this podcast to keep it alive so i could hear people's stories other than those two minute interviews after a game and like hey i know there's more to this than just this so I appreciate guests like you coming on and sharing stuff, dropping things that we don't know. So this doesn't happen without people like you as well. So thank you. Awesome. 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 Well, I really,
5: truly appreciate it. And I know you're super busy with, with coaching, with reffing, with this, you know, reports and all that stuff. So just, just letting you know, I, I appreciate
0: and I'm very thankful for, for what you do. Thanks, man. That means, man, that means a lot. That does really mean a lot. I was joking about tearing, but maybe I'm not going to be in a second here. <laughs> talk. Just, real beat. Just, just trying to be real. Real recognizes real. No doubt. No doubt. Now we're going back to 2005 rap. I love it. There we go. There we go. Ray, it is always a pleasure to speak with you, talking about Mendota soccer, everything that the program has been through, and the excellence, the level of soccer coming out of Mendota now. I said this to Jonathan Cortez, that when I look at Mendota sports, soccer is the team. Like, that is the sport that is leading Mendota sports right now. So, and that's because of you, Nick Myers, and the guys that you got around you. So, thank you for sharing everything with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Awesome. I'm so
5: thankful to be here. So glad that we were able to experience this. And once again, thank you to you, the Mendota community, uh, Nick and the boys, and Let's hope we continue something, something strong for the next couple of years.
0: Surf Internet's fast fiber. Internet is more reliable and 25 times faster than cable. Unlike other local providers, we're proud to provide transparent all-in pricing. That includes equipment fees and taxes with speed packages starting at $35 a month. You'll get a free modem, free expert installation and free whole home Wi-Fi on most plans. Plus no contracts, and no data caps at a price that's locked in for life. Go to surfinternet.com to learn more or call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844-955-SURF. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. All right. This is year five of your second term? Of my second term, yeah. year, Year nine total. And kind of like you were just saying, I mean... Uh, The team has been winning. You've been consistently in the playoffs, making large, long pushes. You got the first sectional title two seasons ago. Uh, I mean, every year it's like, hey, what's the soccer team going to do? What's the soccer team going to do? So what are your, I don't know if we want to put goals or anticipation for this year coming in. I
4: don't want to call it a rebuilding year because I I do think we're still going to be very competitive. Do well in the regular season, do well in our tournaments and and probably make a hopefully make a long playoff push. But we uh we're only returning four four everyday starters from last season. We have some other guys that are returning that either started for us off and on or they came off the bench and played, and then we we have a huge chunk of I would say over fifty percent of our varsity roster this year is gonna be freshmen and sophomores, mainly sophomores. Um, so we're very young this year. That this group is Extremely talented. They have the freshmen and sophomores, and then a couple of the juniors have pretty much played together since they've been little kids, whether it's going up to DeKalb and playing indoor soccer in the winter, or a lot of them have been playing on the uh, Astra Soccer Academy travel team. And I normally every summer I get a chance to go watch them at their tournaments throughout Illinois and different states, and they win. They get first at almost every tournament they go to. So it's a very young team, but it's a team that has a lot of chemistry and is used to winning. So I'm hoping that that'll translate over to the high school game, too. So I think at the beginning of the season, you know, we'll see maybe we take a couple lumps because we just lack experience so it'll be nice to kind of maybe get a couple close games in the beginning of the year to see see how we handle it but my expectations are still very high I pulled points the first practice like I you know just because we've kind of lost that huge chunk of the last two year seniors that have been a big reason why this team's been so successful that you know my goals haven't changed I, I still want to win 20 games I still want to win conference I still want to win regionals and then see what happens when we get the sectionals but and i think this team can do it i just think it's just going to be a maturity factor
0: with with this group all right i remember last year talking to you about your two freshmen that you had i know one you had as a forward he was the kid that won the 400 in state what was his name Yes, Sebastian Carlos, Yes, and then then Johan Cortez. Gotcha. You were talking about their speed and they were going to help the team. I mean, I saw it a couple times in the matches that I went to last year. Uh, Was that a big piece of last year, and will that be a big piece, you know, coming into this year, their speed and their, you know, soccer knowledge? Yeah, huge, huge for us this year. Um, Johan,
4: Johan as a freshman last year, produced 21 goals, and that was – You know, we were kind of talking about that the other day, me and and Coach Ray, about 21 goals, but he, the first half of the season, he would, because he was just so inconsistent with his confidence and stuff, being a freshman, that he would start a couple games and then I'd kind of have him come off the bench because he wasn't playing very well. Very inconsistent, but towards the end of the year, Johan was, I mean, a key piece for us. Every big game we had, he scored in. Granted, we ended up getting blown out by Quincy Notre Dame in the sectional championship 7-1, but Johan, as a freshman. He's the one that scored to make it 2-1 and at the time made it a competitive game, but obviously we fell off after that. But And then Sebastian, I, I would say if I had to put a label on like a player of the offseason, player of the summer, I would put it on Sebastian. His, his confidence going into his sophomore year is so much better than last year. He, uh, he did not score very many goals last year. I think Sebastian had a big problem with just his confidence and, and, and him understanding that he's talented enough play at this level, so that was kind of a struggle for him last year. But this year over summer, I mean, he's just been scoring goals left and right in practice, doing well for his travel talker team. I'm expecting huge things out of him for us this year. I would imagine he's probably our leading goal scorer. And then similar to those two, last year being freshmen, being key contributors for us, the other two players that we're going to start up front this year are freshmen this year. So we're going to have two sophomores and two freshmen leading our attack. Cesar Casas is one of the freshmen and then Isaac Diaz, who is Yeah, Diaz's younger brother. They're both gonna start for us as freshmen up top. They both they're both big bodied, big tall, strong kids for freshmen. They do not lack in confidence. They they even at practice, I mean they're not afraid to go up against the seniors and juniors. They they know how to finish the ball in the back of the net, and they both are very fast also. So there's a lot of excitement in practice right now just because we do have a young forward attack, but I, I think it came very good, and we're going to get to have it for two to three years, so a lot of excitement amongst the team and then amongst both coaches about our, our potential as far as scoring goals go this year.
0: Awesome, good stuff. Uh, you mentioned, did you say you had four returning from last year?
4: Four returning, so I have five seniors and six juniors, but out of those 11, only four of them, returning starters that started every single game for us last year.
0: So who are the four that are returning starters?
4: Isaiah Nanez is our only—so he was not a varsity starter as a freshman, but he played. He was one of our main subs off the bench. Isaiah is our only, like, four-year, I guess you could say, varsity contributor all four years. And he's been a forward-slash-midfielder for us, but because we have so much speed with Johan, Sebastian, Isaac, and Cesar, we actually have converted Isaiah to be a center back. He is by far our tallest player on the team, so we're kind of hoping he can take the place of Rafa from a leadership standpoint and just having that physical, tall presence in the back. And so far, it's been working. Um, it looks good at practice. He's our captain, one of our three captains. We're going to rely a lot on him for, from a leadership standpoint in the back. Caleb Kleckner is another senior. He started every game for us last year as a junior, contributed a little bit for us as a sophomore. He's improved a lot from a maturity standpoint as well, and you know I, I know I talk a lot about speed, but we we have a ton of it, and Caleb's definitely one of them. I mean, not many people are going to beat him in a race. In fact, we probably should have Bastion and him run a run a four hundred against each other. But Caleb's very fast, very strong, very smart player. He's improved quite a bit. He's going to be an outside back for us, and then Mauricio Martinez. He will be one of our. He was our full time center back for us last year. Very good, very good defender, very smart. So we're going to have a lot of our upperclassmen is going to be our defenders this year. We're going to have three seniors and a, and a junior on our back line. So we're going to kind of go youth up front and then experience and leadership in the back, and hopefully that works. And then David Casas, he's their junior. He started every game for us last year as a defensive mid. He's earned a captain band from us this year, uh, put in a lot of hard work over the summer, just becoming a leader. He's going to be one of our three captains. Him and Isaiah and Caleb are our captains for this season. David's kind of our, we like to tell him all the time, he's kind of our enforcer in the middle of the field. He, uh, he's not afraid to be physical with other players, so he kind of sets the tone for us. But my four starters, if I confuse you by throwing a couple other guys in there, uh, Mauricio Martinez, Caleb Kleckner, Isaiah Nanez, and David, uh, David Casas. are the four that started every game for us last year.
0: Okay, perfect. Hey, I like that. I mean, I get the answer to my question, and then I get some other things answered that either I was going (laughs) to ask or I didn't think of, and then you filled me in. Hey, I appreciate it. There you go. I'll give you a little extra. We're really deep this year. In fact, most years I only
4: carry like 20 players, even though I can go up to 25. I just never really have 25 that are worthy. This year, we were having a hard time here this first week. We've had like six or seven guys that, I mean, there was no difference in them skill-wise for the last like two spots. So I was like, you know what? We've got enough kits. I can carry 25 players according to the state. So so we're actually going to carry 25 varsity players. They, they know they may not play every game, but we have a very deep team. We're very, we're very talented. We have a deep team. I'm just hoping a couple players can kind of step up and maybe start standing out above the rest. But... This year, we can. Our hope is that we can we can sub in multiple players at a time, and doesn't really hurt us. We don't have to rush the starters back in because the bench guys are just as good. So we're ready to play another team. Like we want to see. You know, are we as good as we think we're going to be? Even though we're young, what do we still need to work on? So it'll, it'll be good to get some games in here in a week.
0: Good stuff. Who's going to be your goalkeeper?
4: Mateo Goy is going to be our goalie. He's a sophomore. He filled in for Martin last year. Martin was dealing with an heart issue at the beginning of the season. So Mateo had to start the first, I think it was two games before we went to the Oregon tournament and he held his own. Um, he was a little nervous, but yeah, I think, I think the nerves played into the fact that we had a lot of seniors last year being a freshman and being asked to be a starting goalie can be a little nerve wracking for a couple games. The players he's playing with now are the ones he's played with since he's been a little kid. So he's very comfortable. He works hard. I mean, if he's got one flaw, it's that he's not the tallest kid in the world. He is a little shorter for a goalie, but his reflexes are good. His reaction time is good. So, with the defense he has in front of him, I, I don't think he's going to face a lot of a ton of one-on-one scoring opportunities. So, I don't think the height's going to be that big of an issue.
0: Uh, what was your record last year?
4: We were twenty-one and seven last year, and we won conference and one regional. Which, I'm trying to think, because I've won one every year since I've come back, except for the COVID year. So. If we did win one this year, I think it would be our fourth in a row. Yes, it'd be our fourth in a row.
0: Fourth regional
4: in a row. Yeah. Gotcha. We've won one every year since I've been back. But my second year back, we had uh, the COVID thing, and we had, didn't play till spring, and there was no postseason. So yeah, it'd be fourth in a row. And I can't think off the top of my head how many it would be total for the school. Somewhere close to ten, I think.
0: Oh, uh, we'll but, just round yeah. up to a hundred. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> It works for me, I mean, hey.